all things blues and southern rock podcast. A southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Always with me is Jason. What's going on, man? Howdy. Uh, good on my end, man. How are you doing? We're good. We're good. We're uh, enjoying a 50 degree day today. So Ooh, uh, you're warmer than me. I'm a uh, Yeah. Got to be grateful for that because uh, probably aren't <laughs> a whole lot of them left. Um, but, uh, you know, recently we've been, uh, you know, uh, really getting into a couple different bands and, and promoting the hell out of them. And, with you, it's the cold stairs. And uh, what else do you want to add? To have that? you noticed? Have you noticed the cold <laughs> stairs push? Dude, I love those guys. Like, I love that that it's a really heavy blue sound. And I call it with mm-hmm. a little Rage Against the Machine almost beat to it. Like, it's modern yet old. And I I love it. Mm-hmm. Just, just, I can't stop listening. Yeah. And I've been, I, like I said, I can be a late bloomer to, to cool music and listen to something. And then, it doesn't catch me. And a little bit later on, I got to try again. And for me, it's Mojo Thunder, uh, hymns from the electric church, just incredible and incredible. And I think that, you know, ties into the whole Kentucky thing. If you're going to be a rock and roll band from Kentucky, you got to be able to throw down. And of course we'll get to talk to some of those folks uh, later on here in a month. And, um, just, in, just a great record. And they really like cover the whole gamut of, of, you know, uh, rock and roll, Southern rock blues, you know the whole deal. There's some really great songs on there, so check out that record. It's really yeah. How'd fantastic. you come across those guys? Because you definitely been, um, you know, promoting the heck out of them. And I liked what I've heard. Um, uh, there's a song that has guitars in the title that's I really liked. What was that one? Oh, that that's Blacktop one. Ridge. Oh, Blacktop Ridge. Oh. Yeah, uh, Blacktop Ridge. Yeah, I should mention them as well. Thanks for bringing those guys up. Yeah, cheap guitars. Say you're pushing those guys. Yeah, yeah well, but they've, got, a, they've got an EP out. Yeah, and uh, I've spoken to uh one of the guys i'm sorry off the top of my head i can't think of his name i should i'm i'm an idiot but um oh i'm an idiot i just got the bands wrong that you've been promoting (laughs) (laughs) um so those guys are from tupelo mississippi and they pretty much know everybody that we know and um i don't know i don't i don't recall how i came across those guys i really don't uh jacob henry is the gentleman i've been talking to but uh you know, those guys, you know, everybody that we know, they know all the Thunderbolts and Dirty right. Roses and Magnolia, and they know everybody and they know everybody up in Kentucky. And um, yeah, those guys are just great. They got that EP and I don't know if it's out on like a physical product and I haven't even been able to find it on digital. Well, it's on Spotify, but the thing is for the bands that I support, I want to get some money in their pockets. You know, I can, sure. you can always find something on Spotify, but uh, knowing that, you know, those guys, you know, Bands, musicians don't get a whole lot of cash flow out of Spotify, so I'm definitely I need to buy their stuff to support them. But yeah, uh, Blacktop Ridge, great, great band of Tupelo, Mississippi, um, and then um, uh, Blacktop Mojo, Black, <laughs> Blacktop Mojo, Mojo Thunder. We're, we're both yeah, we're both like having uh, cerebral problems today. Um, yeah, Mojo Thunder, it's just absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, just really, really great to see uh, those guys in these newer bands and, and just uh, doing so well and putting out great, great records, which leads us to our guest, who is Darren yes. Flower. And uh, Aaron, what's Aaron's last name? Bennett. Aaron Bennett. 
Yeah, That's from right. Wayward Saints up in uh, Toronto there. Uh, we got a chance to talk to those guys. And, of course, we've had Darren on before from um, from uh, uh, Rocket Up Radio. I had the pleasure of calling in uh, to be on his show uh, the Saturday of the uh, Vegas show of Blackberry Smoke. And had a great conversation with him and uh, really enjoyed that. But uh, I really enjoyed, like, talking to those guys and, and hearing about how the band came together. And they definitely... They didn't rush it. They took their time, and it's uh, great to hear all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, we know, of course, Darren, as you said, from his other gig, first and foremost, is be, be rocking up radio and something that really goes around promoting a lot of the music that we like in Canada, right? He's got this show in Toronto, and then he's also a musician, and he's taken four years to put this band together, legitimate musicians, great musicians, and we were, we were fortunate to get to talk to Darren. Darren and Aaron about... Toronto-based rock band, The Wayward Saints. So having said that, you you guys kick back and relax and I'll listen to our great conversation with Aaron and Darren from Wayward Saints. segment of this week's podcast uh jason here is going to tell you guys who we have with us today oh uh, yeah we have two gentlemen from the toronto based band wayward saints although one of them we've already had on the podcast before in the past we have aaron bennett who plays drums and darren flower who's a returning guest who plays guitar how are you guys doing great thanks for having us i am excited to be here and i always love talking about blues and southern rock and i'm very excited to chat with you guys well, good. We're glad to have you back. And we're here to talk, chat about you guys and the band that you're doing, right, Brian? We are indeed. Why don't you guys uh, give us a, give us some history of, of uh, how this band came together from when it was just a germ of idea till it was coming into fruition. Okay, well, I guess I'll uh, kind of start with this one. I was in another blues rock band uh, for about 13 years. And, you know, we had a half-decent mid, uh, half decent run, you know, had a lot of great experiences and whatnot, but it was getting to a point where it was just not a good idea to be around anymore. You know, so kind of similar story with a lot of different people. They try it for a while and fizzles out and whatever, has some great memories. It was, it was great. But once uh, that band ran its course, I immediately tried getting to work to try to find um, the right musicians. So I would say I left my old band. It was called Stone River in 2015 
And I would say the moment that I officially quit, the very next day, I tried looking for musicians, which took a total of four years and a lot of bad auditions. Um, <laughs> Yours or the people you're auditioning? Um, <laughs> well, a lot of people, I mean, we played with, um, we, there were some great musicians that came out, but they never understood uh, the blues rock world. So, you know, sometimes you could be jamming with really good musicians, but in, they're coming from a very different angle and it doesn't really mesh well. Um, so it took a while to find the right people. It took about four years, four, almost maybe five, yeah, four and a half years, I would say, to find the right people. And a lot of... Um, not so pleasant audition. Aaron, you better be a damn good drummer if it took him four years to find you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The jury's still out on that one, I think. But <laughs> some days. But um, yeah, no, I think for, for me, I guess uh, how I, uh, you know, came into the ranks was, um, you know, I'd, I'd played in a few rock bands and I played actually in uh, a country what I would class as like a country Western band. I played in a band and we, we called ourselves new outlaw country. Right. So we tried to uh, emulate some of our idols, like, um, you know, Merle Haggard and uh, Willie Nelson. And, wow. Old country, classic country, classic good, country, yeah, good country. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, we went as far as to try and, you know, recreate something like Hank three, right. Like we used to do a lot of uh, obviously Hank uh, senior. Mm-hmm and uh you know that kind of stuff right so um you know so i played in in bands like that and then uh but my my true calling i like to say is is always been in uh you know rock or classic rock uh you know i grew up listening to you know led zeppelin and um pink floyd uh and uh you know the guest too uh, was a big one around our house so um you know I always wanted to play in kind of a classic rock band. So I was always on the, you know, the lookout for a band that really uh, held true to those traditional roots of, you know, classic rock, like that kind of like late sixties, early seventies sound, right. That, um, you know, is so hard to capture nowadays. So uh, when I found these guys, I actually, you know, I met them through, uh, you know, the way everybody meets everybody nowadays online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether you're dating or anything. <laughs> but Good point. I, I answered, dating, yeah. bands, whatever. Right. I, children, I, answered, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I answered an ad uh, online uh, just to see kind of, you know, I thought, okay, well, these guys claim, you know, to be uh, rock and roll, uh, classic rock musicians, right? Like they want to try and start this kind of a band up. And I thought, similar, I think, to Darren. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how classic rock because i feel like if we get into a room and you know their definition of classic rock could be you know the the osmonds or something you know like <laughs> very like not there you're doing an osmonds cover band over yeah there. exactly or something right so you know starland's vocal band or something like that right so i'm like huh okay um you know i want that like classic rock drive yeah yeah so uh, and then, yeah, so I went out and auditioned and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Well, me and Justin, so I'll, I'll, I'll add to this. The first person I met in this band, so immediately after I left my old band in 2015, I took a couple of months to really clear my head, 
and think about what just kind of happened. And I told myself, I got to carry on. I'm still a young man at the time. And I, I have life. <laughs> you still are now. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Sure. You're not old dudes like me and Brian. What are you, 36, 37? Uh, you add another 10 years to that. <laughs> must be Pilates or something. But, um, anyways, you guys are eating right. Eat something. <laughs> I'm not eating right. <laughs> I had something internally tell me, you got to keep going. You know, this is what you have to do. You started all this, you know, you love blues rock. You know, you're, you're still a young man for, for a while. Do it. So there's something internally that tell me to, uh, to keep going. So in my city, which is Mississauga, which is a suburb of Toronto, 20 minute, 30 minute drive away, really. You know, there was this young fella uh, and his name was Justin Bennett. And something, I guess, about one of my posts caught his attention because I was always posting about, you know, the radio show, uh, mm-hmm. and Humble Pie and Almond Brothers and stuff like that. And I think he added me because he somehow caught uh, one of my posts. And the good thing is, is that he's a couple years younger than me, but there's not too many, you know, younger gentlemen in this city that's really talking about almonds and the Flying Burrito Brothers mm-hmm. and Humble Pie and Zeppelin. Yeah. There's a lot of modern rock. And if that's your thing, go for it. Not really our thing, but there's a lot of people who listen to like the rock of the day and Foo Fighters and stuff. Cool. But, you know, that old, that good stuff, that old stuff, there's not a lot of younger cats. So Justin befriended me. Um, and, um, I got a chance to meet him on my radio show and I took one look at him and I'm thinking, this guy's a real rocker. And the funny thing is I knew he kind of played guitar a little bit. He knew I played guitar and then, you know, I left the band or whatever, but it took about six months to go by because me and him are, we're learning about each other and learning whether we like each other or not. Justin, after about five, six months, we're trying to figure out if we like each other or whatever. He uh, invites me to his birthday party. And we were singing Flying Burrito Brothers songs and singing. Wow, nice. Of course, of course, Christine's tune, whatever. <laughs> had this little twinkle in our eye, I like to think. And he had this goofy look and I had this goofy look. And it's almost like this guy's thinking about starting a band with me. And I'm thinking about maybe I should maybe think about starting a band with him. So we, we met each other and we realized that we like each other. And we have a lot of similar like old school values, which is great, you know, and um yeah, that guy's the real deal. That guy only listens to cool old style music, old style rock, old style uh, country, prog rock. That guy is legit, you know. So we just, you know, we were we became friends, and then it was looking for a drummer, looking for a singer, and we found a lot of cool people um, that were good musicians, but they weren't really cutting the same cloth. So you know, great skilled musicians in maybe a different field doesn't really translate very well. You really need to know about government mule this and, um, you know, Marshall Tucker that and mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to find youngish kind of people who look cool, right? It, it's hard, or at least it is in the city that I live in. So we found him, well, we found each other, and then slowly we found um, uh, this wonderful Brazilian bass player, Bill, who's in the band. Um, so Lindsay. Lindsay. I knew of her in a Toronto band called The Howl, and I remember thinking... The Howl, that's a cool name. Yeah, it is a cool name, and she has a great voice, and I remember thinking, because it's so hard to find a really good singer who can, again, it's so hard to find anybody that can play this style of music and be in sync, Mm -hmm. and I always thought, this girl's voice, these songs, 
this is a band right here. So for a couple of years, I was kind of on top, trying to be on top of her, poking at her a little bit, sending her DMs. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, we caught each other's attention. And I sent her demos. I caught her attention enough to get an email address from what I remember. And I sent her a couple of demos that we were working on. And um, she really liked it. And I remember we had a lovely phone conversation. I know exactly where I was and where I was at and roughly what kind of time of day. And I was so excited because I remember she telling, I was trying to hard sell her about the benefits of being in this band and traveling and, you know, trying to sell her the good life, which <laughs> maybe not there. I don't know. But immediately she cuts me off from the sales because she's like, you don't have to sell me on this. I'm in. I'm like, oh, my God. I knew that for, you know, for a couple of years, me and Justin were trying to find people. And I would say she was on the short list of great uh, rock musicians, not just great musicians, but rock musicians. Who yeah. So, and it's hard to find, you know, um, it's, it's, it was very difficult. Was she not in a band at that time? Well, her Howl band, I think was wrapping up roughly okay. around the, the time that I, I, I got a hold of her. So, and I was keeping a tab on her and uh, as well too. And, you know, there's a couple of other people as well that I was trying to court. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah and so that's pretty much the story with aaron if you don't mind me telling this funny story we had an older gentleman that was playing with us before we uh, named ourselves the wayward uh saints wayward saints and he had to leave the band because i think he needed to uh, put some money in his pocket take a second gig whatever and i remember thinking to myself okay after four or five years of trying to find musicians i am defeated I got a singer. I have two <laughs> guitar players, a bass player. I can't go through this anymore. So maybe we should just hire we don't a, need a drummer. drummer or whatever. And then I was in Good drum machine. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, or some kid from high school to do beatboxing. I don't know. There's <laughs> a lot of creative options, right? But the thing is, is like when I was talking to Aaron, I'm thinking to myself, as he's coming off to this practice, this kid, I didn't know how old he was. I give him like 20 minutes. And if this isn't good, I'm just going to politely tell him to leave. And I was pretty convinced that the professional drummer route was the way that it had to work because we were also wasting a lot of time and it wasn't really all our fault. So, you know, it was just it was very draining. Right. And then he walked into the basement and he started firing up um, in the wild uh, after hearing it three or four times or whatever. Um, I don't know how much prep work he did, but it was like pretty much an A, like immediately. I'm like, oh, my. OK, you can stay for Aww. a little bit. And um, <laughs> it was great. Like it's like when you know that you have somebody special in the room, you know, um, from that first time that he came out and he, you know, he, he was killing these songs. I'm like, oh my god, could it be? It's like it, it was very exciting. Now you, Justin, Aaron, you and Justin aren't related, even though you're both Bennett's. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, okay. I, I, I feel like that's you know going to be one of those like stories that we're always going to have to clarify, right? They're going to be like, or the you know they'll make up crazy stories about how it's like you know long lost cousins or brothers or something we joke about that obviously but yes there's no no relation it just happened to work out that it was aaron bennett justin bennett not an uncommon last name no no true so once you got everybody together at what point do you start like writing material or did, were you like getting honing your skills on on other people's songs first or like how 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 long was that process and then you start writing your own stuff who's writing how does that all process work um you know me and justin would come up with like you know uh like i might have like a starter point 
you know, like a good like 45 seconds of music and then uh, discussing it with Justin. Like, you know, when we first started, like, you know, finding musicians, we used to jam with each other and hash out some of these ideas. I'm like, sometimes I came to the, the room with like a riff and, we, you know, we'll kind of jam it around a little bit and people add little pieces here and there or so, uh, or maybe um, call out a chord change. Hey, man, go to this chord here. OK, okay let's try it. Um, Sometimes I'd come to the room with like, you know, a good 20, 30 percent uh, of an idea. But no, like a full song, though. You just had ideas for songs. Um, yeah, a lot of the times that, that seemed to be the case and everybody gets a chance to kind of put their own little spin on it. Uh, so I would never write a full song where it's like, OK, here's the lyrics. Here's two guitar parts, bass part. You, you play what I write. No, uh, we don't do that. But um, I bring like maybe a starter idea and then it just kind of organically, naturally develops. Okay. And then we, you know, after jamming and discussing thoroughly, we decide: do we like this? Do we not like this? What you know? We sometimes record practices and kind of analyze that as well. Sure. There's quite a. Lot, I like to think there's quite a lot of thought and reflection into the music that we make. Aaron, were you the last to join? Is that what I heard? I was. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I guess uh, at that time, uh, certainly the music that we had was you know, my perspective was a little bit different because I joined and Darren had already sent me uh, three, three demos that were basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, like pretty much complete, I guess, with, you know, the drummer that was uh, in my place before. So, uh, so Darren had sent me these, these tunes. And uh, again, at the time, I didn't even have a drum kit uh, to rehearse on because, uh, the place that I uh, was using that I had a drum kit set up, um, I couldn't access because of, uh, you know, COVID and all that, that you know, sure. those things, right? So, so at the time, I just, you know, I would listen to the demos over and over again, and I would make uh, notes, obviously, in terms of, um, you know, certain, certain cues and changes and things like where this, you know, as the song kind of progresses and, and, you know, where it kind of moves moves as it goes right chorus and verses and whatnot but mm -hmm. um yeah i mean for the most part those three songs were basically complete you know it, it seemed to me anyway uh when i received those demos i thought wow like these songs could be pressed you know tomorrow right um it had seemed like all the pieces were in place so i mean for me as a drummer uh, and a musician listening to it i thought wow like here i'm coming into a band that's got you know, songs already completed, obviously, that they had been working on, like, obviously, it was, you know, quite evident at that point that it wasn't just a new band, like, mm -hmm. oh, we're coming up with ideas. It's like, obviously, they have material that's been uh, already, um, you know, the parts have been completed, and, and everything's kind of in place. So uh, I felt a little bit of pressure. Uh, you know, because not very often uh, did I ever go into an audition or play in a band where there was a lot of material already pre-written. You know, a lot of the times I would, you know, join a band or meet musicians and you would kind of start from the ground up, right? And you would all, you would, everybody would kind of build it uh, as you would go. So this was a band that I'm like, wow, they've already got, you know, parts and they've already got mm -hmm. things kind of laid out. So I thought, wow, this is going to be uh, you know, something really special because, you know, obviously there's already a lot of thought um, gone into some songs that um, that I was listening to. So, uh, you know, for me, my job was quite easy. It was like, just play, 
just play as best you can, try and get it as close to. Uh, Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Yeah, <laughs> basically, right? Yeah, like how close can you get to the original part without really totally just making a, a, a scene out of yourself? And yeah, like Darren said, like run me, run me right out of the rehearsal space on a rail. Type <laughs> of thing, right? So he uh, seems like he'd be he'd be like that, like just really mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like you the know, nicest guy. He's like the nicest guy. <laughs> Publicly, but behind closed doors. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. What the number one guitar instructor of Toronto or whatever. I, I saw that right. award you got. Well, they don't um, they, they don't give that to bad guys, Darren. I just don't know me very well, but hey, man, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> No, I, you know the thing is, um, I, we're all pretty friendly people. You know, there's a there's a legit friendship here. You know, I can you know hang out with these guys and not talk about music and the band and stuff. And I think that's important as well too. You know, it's uh, great to just kind of hang out and like, you, you know, um, just kind of shoot the shit. And I think that's really important. So you know, we work really well together. Um, even though that he came into the band with three or four songs kind of pretty much there. Mm-hmm. I can see just Aaron sitting on the couch with pillows and some wooden spoons and practicing along to the demos, you know? That's, that's basically how it went. I had my drumstick, <laughs> I had my little practice pad, and I was like, tap, 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 you know? Okay, yeah, right? Like, it's, you know, you, you make do with with what's available, right, at your at your disposal, right, when, when things are not so easy. <laughs> you got to kind of improvise a little bit, so... But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really, I think, it, and it was the same thing. I, I thought, you know what, I hope that, you know, I'm going into this situation, you know, listening to these tunes and trying to, you know, perform them as best I can to the way that they were arranged and thinking like, you know, how, how much, how much are these guys going to really like, oh, you know, are they going to get that cool vibe? Are they going to be like, wow, this guy's really great. And he's, he's put a lot of thought into it or are they gonna be like ah, oh, you know we're not what you know you never know right you're always mm-hmm. thinking like hmm is it gonna go my way is it not gonna go my way like no matter what right so it was uh yeah it was something it was pretty cool to to go in and, and do that you know so Darren did your old drummer help you do those demos or did you what, what did you do for drums back in the, um, the very beginning with me and Justin again we met in 2016 well, the very first, um, I guess, lineup that, uh, and this is well before, uh, like three, four years before Wayward Saints, like, you know, started to like, really form. I had a, uh, we found a drummer and uh, Justin had his best friend who was an incredible bass player, was in the very early incarnation of what turned out to be Wayward Saints. Mm-hmm. So we recorded a demo um, and um, that's pretty much it. Like the, the drummer of the time and the bass player um, recorded uh, songs that we had whipped up and that helped us kind of like you know show to other musicians like yeah this is what we're kind of working on and they were uh, you know the drummer left but he agreed to, to do this demo because I think he knew that I could at least show it around to people that you know and help me out you know try to find like you know the drummer for the band so the the very earliest recordings were done at our jam space and uh, it was you know meant to like you know f- help us find a singer um, help us find uh, a, a drummer and stuff like that. And then again, we found an older gentleman on drums a couple of years ago, and he was a great guy. And then he um, recorded um, some music with us, a different uh, demo. 
that helped attract Aaron. So we had a couple different drummer friends, uh, you know, that w- was kind of in the earlier, uh, like, incarnations before it turned out to be Wayward Saints. So that was really uh, important. So ha- having these recordings helped attract other uh, uh, players. So you talked about, Darren, you talked about, like, everybody was kind of, like, like-minded musically. Um, but what – did everybody have little finite, like, different – influences that came into this to like make the sound what it is like like what are some of the different influences you all might have musically uh, yeah i would i I would say so like for example um justin who may or may not be his younger brother aaron's (laughs) (laughs) cousins at least cousins yeah yeah um really into prog rock where let's say i don't think me and Lindsay are so much into it i respect the musicianship for example i think it's stellar but it doesn't really resonate with me. But Justin's really into stuff like Yes and into stuff like that. Um, You're Canadian. You got to like Rush. Yeah. I, I, like Rush. <laughs> I think he likes Rush a little bit more. Maybe. Some <laughs> I uh, come from a very metal background. I don't know if anybody else uh, shares that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I yes. think some of my riff writing might be slightly influenced by my heroes, Dimebag Daryl or Dave Mustaine in a very- Wow, now you're talking my language. Oh my God. <laughs> now I have to kind of like take them as inspirations and put it into like a blues rock context. Yep. Know? I come from a metal background um, and you know, like heroes like Mustaine or Dimebag Daryl, like, you know, they're, they're inventive riff playing. Yeah. I always try to bring that into um, the room and try to think to myself, I want to write a monster riff or I want to write something that's slightly complicated yet also simple as well too sometimes you got to keep it really simple but i think like you know there definitely is some metal um um that's in me that maybe some of the other guys don't share and that's okay you know it's a big old melting pot really everybody has their own thing metal has a lot of the blues in it right like a lot of those guys even dime when they were doing their hair metal thing originally in the 80s they had a little bit more he i mean he certainly had some blues to his chops right so I think that, you know, and the bass player is Brazilian. So, um, you know, he, he likes rock music, of course, but he also has like this, um, you know, this worldly thing to him too, because he comes from South America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's got like this uh, certain kind of flavor that he brings, you know, so everybody probably has good rhythm, good beat, like good flow. Actually, as it turns out, mm-hmm. he does. He's very tight. Well, as a bass player, he probably should anyway, right? Like, yeah, you well, know. everybody. <laughs> kind of have to play to a metronome. He'll be able to do that. But everybody has their own uh, thing to them. And collectively, you know, you know, everybody has their differences. But sure. we all share the passion for 70s-style rock and roll, you know? So, like, that, that's cool, you know? That doesn't mean I can't enjoy Soundgarden or Caius. Right. Caius, oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know wow. I mean? So it, it the first time that's ever been brought up in 70 episodes, Brian. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but like, you know, we all have our own thing to it, but we share the love of classic rock. And that's what we're here to discuss. Like, you know, right. Oh, we lost your volume. We lost your volume. <laughs> just slap the computer. Just, just as we're going to make the point. Right, it's like here you go, and here's the secret. You just hold it right up to you. We'll just see your mouse. <laughs> well, we're only doing audio, anyways. Nobody can yeah. see what's going on. Jesus, wow, I got my hair. <laughs> can you yeah. hear me now? Yes. yes. Gotcha. Get together collectively. You know, we're there because of the spirit of rock and roll, old mm-hmm. style rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, but we all bring something special to the table. I like to think. 
Absolutely. So I'm going to ask Aaron this question. I'm, I pretty much know this answer already, but <laughs> do you like the Black Crows? Do I? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Darren would let you in the band if you didn't like the Black Crows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> and, and I guess. Fired yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I uh, you know, the Black Crows, like it's interesting, like you were saying, like, I, uh, you know, I really have to uh, attribute a lot of my influence is obviously to my 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 dad my father he played uh you know in a band when he was uh in high school and and just after high school and he played bass and drums growing up and so i started playing bass and then i got my first set of drums when i was 13 years old and you know he played you know he had a pretty wide variety of of influences you know that we would listen to and stuff like that on classic rock radio stations and things like that growing up. Um, but surprisingly, he was a huge, um, you know, as much as he loved classic rock, he's got a bunch of Zeppelin records and, mm -hmm. and Rush records and things like that. And, and guess who and Steppenwolf and all this kind of stuff. He had, you know, a lot of um, like Sly and the Family Stone and yeah, some, some and funk like, and R&B. Yeah. You know, and, and so like listening to that stuff, I'm like, wow, you know, like, the the grooves that they could create right um you know you've got a horn section playing one kind of rhythm you've got your your bass and your drums doing another kind of rhythm you got your guitar and your um you know uh accompanying instruments like you know piano or organ doing something else and it's like wow everybody's doing kind of their own creative part uh separate but different like everything everything seems to gel and yet there's a lot of things going on all at the same time. Right. And, and um, you know, I think when I, I started playing bass and then I moved to playing drums, uh, that was huge because it influenced me or it, it showed me that you got to be steady. You know, there has to be some kind of driving force that just keeps, keeps the groove and keeps people wanting to keep moving or stay engaged with the music. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as much as we would listen to, you know, he'd put on a, uh, a grand funk record and we would listen to American band. Then he would put on like September by earth, wind and fire, you know? And yet I, you know, for me, I was like, I could see the connections, right. I was trying to make connections between all of these, uh, all of these bands and the differences, but the similarities that they all have. Right. And why, mm -hmm. why they were, you know, people were drawn to that kind of music. Like why he would put that on and be like, Oh, you got to listen to the opening of, this this song right and i'm like wow that's just incredible like i had no idea right you know as i'm learning so um yeah so i mean your influences no matter what are obviously gonna uh come through in your playing i feel like those influences come through in my playing uh quite often so it, it's it's inevitable you know it's gonna it's gonna happen so you have a favorite drummer you direct like a real direct influence like one single person or two, or is it just all, just all those mixtures? I mean, I feel like it's gotta be, I mean, obviously John Bonham was, was huge. Um, you know, uh, that was probably uh, when I started to really, um, you know, develop my chops and I'm like, wow, I really want to play like a, a certain type. You know, I feel like all musicians, I'm sure Darren could, could say like all musicians want to like, play like a certain musician right like it's like man if i could just play and sound like john bonham like that would be just the best thing ever right 
Um, so for the longest time, you know, that was a huge influence for me. And, and I really aspired to, to play like him and try and, you know, create sounds on the drums like him, right? The big, the big sound, the huge fills, the, you know, the loud cymbals, right? That are just like, you know, chiming every, every which way, right? Um, so for, yeah, I think for probably most of my, my drumming career, and how long I've played drums. He was probably uh, a huge influence that I was like, he's he's the guy for me, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, you know, for better or worse, right? I know a lot of people would say, you know, like anything like an art, right? Oh, he's not that great. Other people think he's amazing, you know, the things that he's done. But, you know, just for me, uh, you know, in particular, I was like, wow, he's, you know, he's the the cream of the crop. So if I could play like him, that would be amazing funny that he says Bonham because when I was 18 years old, Jimmy Page, and still is, is one of my biggest influences as a rock. For sure. You can't play guitar and not be influenced by Page. I mean, totally. Right. I always try to keep in mind, like, you know, like Page, um, you know, he had the big rock and roll sound and he had the versatility to play acoustic guitar the way that he did. Yeah, play folk and yeah, soft. Exactly. I always admired Zeppelin for his diversity. Um, I mm -hmm. think that a, a great rock band should have the shadows of light is I think they would always call it. Sure, <laughs> and, you know, um, I, I I admire him a lot. So when Aaron, you know, says that uh, Bonzo was a role model, you know, I, I give the nod of approval for that because, like, I think that you know that's a that's a a perfect rock hero for a young aspiring drummer. Just and like you guys are doing Zeppelinish stuff where you've got the blues influence, it's straight up rock, you know, a little bit of country stuff that's going on. I mean, that's what you're shooting mm -hmm. for, just that general. And I mean, Zeppelin, they just did whatever they did. Well, I mean, I just, I, I think, you know, it's classic rock for today. That's what we're you know trying mm -hmm. for. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if I, I, I would say that we're sitting around discussing, hey, Let's be today's version of Led Zeppelin. Um, I don't know if that's supposed to happen, anyways, but I don't know. We just. Uh, well, you're going to fail if you say that. You're going to fail or be Greta Van Fleet. I'm not here to say any disparaging remarks about anybody. I'm not either. I like only, Greta Van Fleet. We only Fleet. do I'm it just privately. Saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like all music and all bands on the podcast because you never know. Nice. But, uh, um, what was I going to say? I had something poignant to say, and I completely lost it. You know, just okay, trying to be professional. Go ahead, Brian. Thank you. So the name Wayward Saints. Where? How long did it come up? That? How long did it take to come up with that? What does it mean? Where did it come from? You know, I find it easier to put together whole songs than it does to come up with a really good band name. And you know, having five people sure. in the band. It's incredibly hard to make everybody happy 100% of the time. Sometimes you got to settle for 80, 90. That's well, who hated the name? Because this is where we're going. Just get to, get right out to it. <laughs> or we found, should I talk about this? Yeah, okay, whatever. I don't care. Sure. Or we found, settled the name Wayward Saints. I had the idea for a name called Coyote Hill, which I liked and a lot of people seem to enjoy. But not everybody enjoyed that. And, you know, so it took a little bit of um, time for us to really, like six months to come up with something. And um, I came up with something, Blank Saints. And Justin filled in the first part, Wayward Saints. 
which is another way of saying rebellious. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like the juxtaposition right there, rebellious saints, wayward saints, and it also kind of sounds cool. So there's, you know. Um, Good people mean. lost their way. <laughs> We're yeah. getting back to it. Yes. Right. We're getting back to it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it took a long time because, you know, coming up with uh, some stinkers, I, I, I'm guilty uh, of that as well, too. Coming up with stuff that's supposed to have like a bit of a meaning and roll off your tongue, you know, sure. you hopefully want to try to, you know, have that kind of stuff. You know, if we named the, uh, the band Jim's Rock Band and Friends, that doesn't have the same kind of <laughs> ring to it, unfortunately. Right, right. I mean, I'm all for it. If anybody wants it, it's theirs, but I personally don't think it was a good idea to, to use that. So um, it took about <laughs> six, seven months to find the name. And that was a that was an ordeal. I, I would actually use the word ordeal for that. Yeah. <laughs> I've always found that mystery science theater movie episodes are good band names. When we were create, like we got our, for our original band name, the rebel set based on that. We're now ghost town silence. It's a long story. I won't get into, but you know, we had like dead talk back danger, death Ray, like all these cool phantom planet, which I think somebody is actually phantom planet, but like all these mystery science theater episodes, these movies had a really, really cool, like, names and that's just how we end up getting a band name so if you're ever in a you know a tough spot look at the mystery science theater episode guide and pick out a name go do it <laughs> wow Does anybody yeah. know the show deadwood by hb from hb yeah of course yep okay so i've watched a lot of deadwood uh, like yeah. multiple times with some of these episodes and i, I love that show um so but you did like, not once have you dropped saying cocksucker right now so i'm just impressed i'm trying to keep it you know for all the, the 13 year old and under that's what they say every other word is that yeah <laughs> i'm trying to keep it clean brother but uh yeah i was i watched a lot of that show and i'd be thinking about you know like the imagery of what this band is supposed to be and the sure. sound and stuff like that right and you know because again i love all things blues and southern rock yeah plug okay. it so i'm just thinking to myself yeah maybe you'll name something off that and you know um, and, uh, you know, blank, blank saints or black hill saints, but that's, I guess that's actually what North Dakota kind of stuff. If you actually, mm -hmm. or is this, um, the, so you can't really, speak. it's close to where Brian, Brian's North Dakota. Right. Right. Cause that, that's, you know, so I was, I was watching a lot of that show and just, you know, kind of thinking about ideas and I came up with something, you know, you know, saints and then Justin chimed in with wayward. Like he came up with that part. This is what that's no, great. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things where like, well, it doesn't sound bad fucking actually kind of cool the more you think about it, it sounds like a real band name like an established band name to be honest with you because yeah. you know you've had armored saint you've got a song wayward son like it just that yeah. sounds rock and roll to be honest with you yeah no we're not going to be covering that kansas song anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it does have a good riff if i did want to cover it it does it's i mean for kansas it's, it's pretty heavy yeah yeah that's yeah, the prog rock right. influence right there you go <laughs> Yeah, man. So that's kind of how it, you know, it took about six, seven months to find a, a really good name. And it was tough. It was very tough, you know, very, very difficult. You guys, I, th I think, Darren, this is you being around radio and probably the age of a lot of, a lot of you younger. Um, you, you're pretty savvy with the social media right out of the gate. Like go to your Facebook page. You've got all these different interviews like, hey, you have like these little clips of everybody's influences. You've got interviews. Heck, you already had a music video and a bunch of stuff going on. Like, what is your perspective? What is your like focus with with the social media and how it's helping you guys, particularly through the pandemic where you can't really get out and play live a lot? 
Social media. Okay, so who who would you? You're good at social media. Like I, you guys were very savvy at social media, particularly on Facebook and stuff. It just what is the importance of that? What is your perspective? What is, you know? What's your goal? Of social media. Okay. Well, all right. I, I I will take I I will take that one. You know, there are real yeah. I, I and I, I don't really want to take um put too much spotlight on this, but yes, I do host a radio show, mm-hmm. and my mandate is to put a spotlight on cool blues rock. Um, classic rock inspired bands from all over the world so you know the thing with social media is is that all these real rockers in bands who just listen to music as well too um whatever they're all scattered around the world and i would like to meet and chat up and start a friendship with as many as i can because you know i like talking about rock music so the whole thing with social media is that this is a worldwide thing you know with the snap of your fingers you know, I can message a really good friend of mine in Hungary that's won the equivalent mm-hmm. of a Grammy out there, and he was in a, a real rock band. This guy is real rocker. Is that called the Hung Grammy? Oh. oh. No, not sure. that's Brian, you're going to have to cut off my mic. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> going to add some post-production comedy laughing. Boom. Uh, Come on, Aaron. Gotta get yeah, the... I got to get that rim shot. Wait. Oh, hold on. I just got to drive. Come on. My... The Hung Grammy. That's great. That's, that's gold. That's gold. Yeah, that was gold, man. Getting this back to awesome. a very serious question with a very serious answer, you know, they're all out there. The idea is to, you know, kind of find ways to find them and push the message out there. And what is the message for a band like Wayward Saint or Magnolia Bayou or, um, you know, Them Dirty Roses? Blues, great, great rock, choices, man. Southern rock. I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all have the same message just from for sure. parts of the world. So, you know, and our fans can, you know, um, dig their music and their fans can dig ours and stuff like that. So, you know, it's connecting the dots and keeping people connected and, you know, one big happy rock family. Yeah. Real rock family. Yep. You know, and uh, rock and roll is, um, I don't know if I want to say it's dying, but it's an underground kind of thing. I think you guys know that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the ba- same bands that we love listening to, you know, they're not household names, mm-hmm. but that's what makes it cool. You don't know who Whiskey Myers is, but we do, and they're right. awesome, right? Yeah. So, so, like, that's that's the thing. So, like, you know, there's real rockers all over the world. I think it's important for all of us to stay connected and to, you know, the message of rock and roll being pushed out to our people and, you know, the continuation of real rock. Mm-hmm. And the internet is a very big uh, piece uh, to the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, you guys do great with your Facebook. You got a lot of stuff for engagement, who you are what you like band stuff, separate stuff. You know, Aaron, I saw something earlier today where like, I'm looking at you with the, that nice beach picture behind your, is that the beach? Where, where is that? That is, yes, for, yes. Yes. But it's like, actually a window behind it's, me. It's right a window in my backyard. Oh, window? A well, window I'm, com- I'm coming to visit then because it looks better than Ohio yeah. where I'm at right now. But you know, you have your, all these different influence clips, you have your performance clips, you have your on radio shows, you have music videos, like you guys have really done a full frontal assault. And it's really good to see because it kind of lets, lets us know or everybody else what you're about, who you are. Um, you know, and I think right now personality sells just as well as your music at this point. That's kind of what Brian and I try to really do a lot of focusing on people, people's personality and like get to know the band. And then if you like the band, you'll kind of get into the music. And I think you guys, what I'm getting at is I think you guys are doing that, leveraging that very well. So who was, whoever's idea is it, good job. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly, um, you know, I, I think that 
because you know things happen so fast in the world today right with you know with technology and things like mm-hmm. that I, I think that people get this kind of there's this misconception that social media is an easy tool to utilize right but in actuality like what we've learned like we've actually had to obviously do some research and you know we had to try a few things out right because um mm-hmm. you know utilize it to its full potential um i mean there's no question that the you know the musical landscape has certainly changed right i mean i come from a musical time like when i was in high school we'd like post post little posters on like you know telephone poles and on the sides of yeah. like alleyways and stuff right like come see our show um and that's just not the way it's done anymore unfortunately right so you know social media can be kind of that 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 outlet right so i mean to to use it properly and to you know make sure that you are getting engaged and like people are are connecting it's it's a really it's a really interesting thing like i've Mm -hmm. learned so much trying to use it again in a time when bands can't play you can't have live music there you're limited for um you know how many people can see you if it's an indoor outdoor concert so um yeah it was really really an eye-opener how how important it it is to me you know i i always kind of thought of social media as just kind of a, you know oh i'll just check you know what's what's current right now right what's what's trending and Mm -hmm. chat with my friends and say hi to you know right on someone's wall (laughs) you know that was basically the extent of my knowledge of social media right so uh, when we started this campaign, it was like, wow, you can really, uh, really do some cool things online that I had, I had absolutely no idea about until we started to to do it. So it was really a really fascinating thing. I really encourage people to, to check it out, you know, and, and really use it more, right? If you're hesitant, because we were kind of like, how's this going to work? None of us really had a lot of experience. And, and for sure, I can speak for myself, I didn't. But um, yeah, it's really been uh, a great thing, I think, for us. And it's really helped us to, to, like you said, like Darren said, to reach out and, and see who's interested in our, our type of music and our rock music. So, And I want to emphasize, again, what Darren said about how, you know, this kind of music that we're listening to is really kind of underground. I mean, rock isn't dead. I mean, uh, you know. On a, quick side note, on a quick side note from I understand now, like what Gene Simmons said, it's more like we don't they don't sell millions of records anymore. So right. that business aspect is dead. But anyway, the fact like this music is underground, like with it blows my mind. Like I know people who don't know who Blackberry Smoke is. I mean, it's just crazy um, up here. Actually, lot like Whiskey Myers has sold out shows here up here. But I think what happens with the social media, it creates a scene for those of us that don't have a scene. Like compared, like compared to Jason and I, Jason's Columbus, Cincinnati, Dayton, everybody plays through their local, regional, professional bands. And like up here, it's just like you're hearing the crickets, you know? And it, that's a big reason why I started the Facebook page. It turned into a podcast. I needed a scene. Like I needed a scene. And this like makes this scene. And you created you know? a scene, dude. Did you right. ever create yeah. a scene? So my question for you guys, where you guys are at there in, 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 up there in Canada, Toronto, besides you guys, is it desolate? Is there something, even if it's not your genre, 
like a same level of bands like local regional band that's doing their own music there's a lot of bands out here it seems like there's a lot of modern rock and a lot of hard rockish kind of stuff okay. um i one of my things uh i guess unofficial jobs is trying to find cool old style rock and roll bands from other parts of the province we live in ontario to do gig swaps with and stuff and it's hard you know there's a couple of them out there that uh, i'm um I'm looking into, you know, because one day we're going to have to play live shows. We've never had a chance to do that, unfortunately. You guys haven't played a live show yet, Darren? We have not. Wow. I know, right? Not a one. The, yeah, and, like, it's funny because, you know, the, the uh, you know, we're just starting out of the gate, kind of. You know, the the, um, the success that we've experienced, it, it's, it's kind of funny to think that we've sold quite a few T-shirts now. Yeah. And um, the social media engagement, you guys are doing a great job, like I said. Legitimately, we've had over 20 radio shows um play our music and interview yeah. us you know um it's kind of funny to think that we haven't played one note on stage wow. you know so it is what it is i mean i think coronavirus um hurt a lot of bands and stuff and but we sure. found a way to kind of i don't know maybe try to work around that a little bit but going back to your question about bands up here you know it's tough we don't have the population that you guys have first of all right neither do i <laughs> <laughs> North Dakota is not populous, is not right? Be, not compared to Atlanta, Georgia, or something where you know there's a lot of like southern rock bands or whatever. But around here, there's about three or four bands that I could think of off the top of my head. I'm like, yeah, we should probably do shows. I I don't have an overabundance, you know, of bands in my mental rolodex right mm-hmm. now. A lot of bands, but it seems to be a lot of modern rock and you know harder kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's a, a, a indie electronic and that's fine. You know, you do you. That's great. But um, the stuff that we want to do, it's, it's, it's very niche, I, I find up here. And yep. as far as people not knowing Blackberry Smoke, you know, over here, it's like, you know, in Canada, I think it's like and maybe all over the world. It's like the secret handshake thing. You know who Blackberry <laughs> Smoke is? You know who Blackberry Smoke is? We're going to be friends. BFF. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those guys are are the torchbearers right now for modern Southern rock. They're, they they are the band. Nobody's doing it better. Mm. They embrace everything. You know, I know the Crows came back together this summer and did a show. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure they're Southern, really Southern rock. They're more like rock, you know, but I would say like Southern rock, Southern rock, Blackberry Smoke is a a one. They're definitely my favorite band of today. Um over here, it's uh, it's tough to find younger people into like this old style rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I will restate a few times. It, it's pretty hard, mm-hmm. you know. So we have we have bands here, but not really old style as much. Darren, I have a question for you as a radio guy. You said something earlier. I want to go back on to um, classic rock resurgence. Are you seeing? And I've heard that a couple of times, Brian. I don't know if that came up with Charlie or not, but I know it's come up before. Classic rock resurgence. We've seen um, music articles that said, hey, these are the, the bands you need to follow. Classic rock resurgence. I know the Th- Thunderbolts have been on there. Uh, uh, Joyous Wolf, who, we, you know, bands we've had on the podcast. Darren, as a radio guy, are you are you seeing like a renaissance, a classic rock resurgence? These bands like you and your band and these other bands that you're just really starting to crop up or have they always been there? They've always been there. I mean, I don't know if you guys have been following uh, the independent rock scene 
from like 2006, 2007. But there was, um, you know, some kick-ass bands that came. I, I remember, you'll appreciate this. Back around 2008, I went to an independent rock festival in Pennsylvania, and Young Jive Mother Mary was supposed to play. Holy there. crap. Wow. And Mason, you know, our, our friend. Yeah, Mason Cat, yeah. He would have been 17, 18 years old. Wow. Holy crap. I've been at this for a while. 2007. Mm -hmm. I don't have a skateboarder band from Chicago, Illinois mm -hmm. for 14, yep. 15 years. We're yeah, they've been around. We're pretty good buddies. My wife did artwork for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, no kidding. Oh, no, I'm not kidding, man. I'm serious as a heart attack. Mm. Uh, you know, and, you know, I don't know if you remember bands from Boulder, Colorado, like uh, Rose Hill Drive or the mm -hmm. Super 400. Or before Jive Mother Mary, some of their friends out in North Carolina, Medusa Stone. Um, uh, yeah, for the last 14, 15 years, well before the new crop of guys, uh, uh, dudes coming out now, Georgia Thunderbolts, this and whatever. You know, th there's been, a, you know, some kick-ass bands 15, 16 years ago. Is it just becoming hip in the media now, maybe? Because I'm starting to see a little bit more about these bands in, the, in mainstream media. Mainstream media, um, Guitar World, Rolling Stone, you know, more stuff than I've probably noticed before, maybe the last 10 years, I'm starting to see more and more. You know, I, I, as the years go by, I'm actually starting to care less and less. As far as the mainstream media and stuff like that, I, um, I, I, I don't know when the last time I read a, a Rolling Stone um, magazine front to, front to back. I used to treat it like the Bible when I was 13. Well, sure. That's back mm -hmm. when it was pretty cool, though. Yeah. So um, I just heard that um, Machine Gun Kelly won an award uh, for best rock uh, uh, artist at the American Music Awards. I, I just found uh, those awards just are never. I you know what I've quit with the Grammys once. Uh, Jethro Tull beat out Metallica for the well, first heavy metal Grammy. I know, and that's how long I've been out of the Grammys business. So well, that, that was a long time ago. And my but, point this is that I pay attention to blues rock. I want to know things about Marcus King. This yeah, Marcus King. Yeah, I want good know call. Samantha Fish, that. Yep. I want to know about uh, Joanne Connor Band. I want to know Thanks. about, uh, you know, again, Georgia Thunderbolt. I want to yep. know about all this kind of stuff. I don't need to know about the chart toppers of the day. Right. I mean, like, there's, there's, I, I don't concern myself with um, uh, the fashionable anything of today. I don't. But you're not necessarily noticing more media on these younger bands with the classic sound. In our world, in our world, I am paying attention to the names that are coming up a lot. You know, Robert, John, the wreck. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, so stuff like that. Um, you know, of course, Tyler Bryant. In our world. Tyler Bryant. There you go. Yeah. You know, Good call. Names because that's our circle. You know? Yeah. Um, well, Tyler Bryant was in that article. So that article came out a couple months ago, Brian. It was like, you mm -hmm. know, the, the new, new bands, the resurgence of classic rock. It was Tyler Bryant. Joyous Wolf, Georgia Thunderbolts. There might have been another band that we had on, Brian. I can't remember, but I was like, mm -hmm. I read that. I was like, holy crap, this is like all about what we're doing. Darren, mm -hmm. it's about your rock show. It's about our podcast. I was just, I couldn't believe it because I haven't seen an article like that in forever. That's the thing. Like, that's a magazine that caters to people like us, the guitar enthusiasts. Yeah, true. Because it's guitar rock. You know, we're not talking about, you know, Rolling Stone or I don't even know if Vogue still exists. I, I don't, I don't know. And like that kind of mainstream stuff, yeah. what we have is something special. And it's unique. It's a, you know, it's, it's the underground club. Yep. And do you guys know the cold stairs, that band, the cold course. stairs. So good. Yeah. Aaron is a drummer. You should love it. That's, they got a heavy beat with just two people. I was going to say, actually, I think it was, 
Yeah, I'm sure it was you, Darren, that showed, you, you know, we were hanging out in the jam space there and, you know, you were like playing some, you know, tunes, right? You're like, oh, you got to check these guys out and check these guys out. And I'm like, wow, like some of these, like, again, like you were saying, like I, I hadn't heard of uh, Blackberry Smoke until, you know, Darren was like, you got to check these guys out. And then I was like, wow, like these guys, you know, they should be. Um, right. Well, they got know, that country that you like and the classic rock. I mean, that should be right up your alley here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I see Blackberry Smoke again, um, more as like classic rock revival. Yes, of course they have the country stuff, but I just think that this is like, you know, like classic rock to me. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, and of course Rival Sons as well too. I'm going to have to- Yeah, yep. For sure. mm -hmm. And you know, Rival Sons is not meant to be on the cover of Rolling Stones. I think it's pretty clear at this point, you know, that, it, you know- but Well, they're opening for Greta Van Fleet. Can you freaking believe that? Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one, my friend. I, yeah. <laughs> We'd like to wish we'd like to insert our Fifth Amendment privilege on that. <laughs> the Fifth Amendment does not apply to Canadians in Canada. It, it's not the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't call that. Yeah, I can't afford you to. I have the right to bear arms. See, <laughs> Dude, they're bare. <laughs> or I, I can't have you um, break my Zen here. We're gonna keep this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gonna try to break you. I'm gonna break you. <laughs> Rival Sons is, you know, you know, in our world, they're top of the food chain. In the right. grand scheme of things, they'll never be the Bruno Mars this, the Katy Perry's that. But, you know, the interesting thing about what we do is that our heroes, they're not going to be mauled when they go into a shopping mall. They probably wouldn't be in a shopping mall, but they're not going to be mauled. <laughs> you know, these people who would be mauled, they have a good seven-year run, whatever. Mm -hmm. But our heroes fly under the radar and do their thing. And they do it for the right reasons for 30 years, 40 years, as long as they want to, they're still in good shape. You know what I mean? So Rival Sons, Blackberry Smoke, I'm actually kind of happy that they're not mainstream. I'm very happy because I think they have a good thing with what they have and the power is in their hands. You know, they don't need, you know, every uh, Susie at the office, you know, tapping her toes because it's just a catchy song. I don't think these bands <laughs> need that, you know? I think they have a good thing. Yeah. I agree. One thing I do appreciate about Blackberry Smoke is their willingness to take out younger or lesser known acts with them. I've learned I've learned a lot of bands out there. Um, over the summer, I saw them in the Spirit of the South tour. Now, I've, I was familiar with the Wild Feathers and um, Almond Betts band, but I never really got to hear them and see them. And it was great to see. That was one of the best shows I'd ever seen. They've taken the Thunderbolts out before and other bands. It's just and you Tyler Bryant, the Shakedown. I just I, I love those guys. And I asked Charlie too, if you remember, I'm like, Hey, do you feel responsibility or anything to, to kind of show these guys anything? Because everybody kind of looks up to you. He's like, I don't really see it that way. Or, well, I thought that was interesting. You know, I figure he would, you know, he would have, he probably subconsciously does it. Right. But I just, I just, I thought it was interesting that maybe that's not a, a conscious thing for him. They, they, they take a band out on the road. They're going to get a lot of attention strictly because, you know, even if you don't go to see the show, you see it on the little posters online. Mm -hmm. I was like, who is this? Like, I'm checking about um, the band that they're bringing to the UK right now, and I never heard of them until about two days ago. Right, me either. It's mm -hmm. attached to the the, the, um, the name, like, uh, you know, um, on uh, online, on these posters is kind of huge. Mm -hmm. But now they have a, a platform to show how good they are, all thanks to the smoke. So yep. I, I think it's great that they're able to help out young bands. 
you know, uh, I think that's fantastic. I, I personally would be honored to have the opportunity to play uh, uh, open for them in Toronto or whatever. Um, and I also know how important that would be, you know, from our own band standpoint, because of the exposure that it can right. bring. So it's absolutely, you know, it's important. And they have a lot of power and a lot of bands respect them for that as well, too. A lot of fans, too, because they have the ability to, uh, you know, um, help uh, show, you know, cool bands. Like, you know, you guys know this. Every Monday they have a Music Monday page where you're able to talk about any mm -hmm. band other than them. And a mm -hmm. lot of the times people <laughs> talk about, you know, Tennessee Champagne, this, or Them Dirty Roses, that, or whatevs, right? Hmm. So that, that's amazing. You know, good on them. So let's talk about the songs, uh, how long they've been around and, and uh, you know, the songs you have out there so far. We can talk about that. I've had parts scattered, uh, you know, in my uh, war chest for like 20 years. Then I'm dusting out certain parts here and there, like, hey, check out what I have lying, like lying around. And it's like, you know, there's one song that we're working on right now that literally I have a, you know, a twin guitar lead part that's literally like, you know, celebrating 20 years this year. You know? Wow. And it's like, whoa, it's finally going to see the light of day. I hope. I hope, you know. Um, so these songs, you know, some of these things, are, uh, songs have been sitting around for a while. Me and Justin were developing them, you know, five years ago. And um, it's just in October 2020, we got a chance to professionally record three of them. And then, you know, we had some lockdown issues here in Canada, mm -hmm. which prevented us from uh, getting together and jamming and hashing out more ideas. And um, then we launched the band in September. Mm -hmm. And then life happened, you know, so a couple minor surgeries, a couple babies. Yeah, congratulations, by the way. Speechless, he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> Birth of your first child's important. He's tongue-tied. We have three songs. We released two of them, In the Wild and Pay No Mind, which are one is a little bit different from the other one, but they're still good old-fashioned rock and roll, I hope. We have a third song coming out, hopefully in January. But then we're finally going to get back to jamming as a five-piece band in hopefully January uh, when people recover from minor surgeries and stuff like that and uh, get back and, you know, maybe hit the studio, uh, hopefully hit the studio and have more songs and play live shows. So mm -hmm. the songs, we all know how important they are to any band, um, you know, but we've, um, you know, been dealt a unique situation, coronavirus, mm -hmm. that prevented us from developing further you know, um, some of our ideas that have been in the treasure chest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, be patient. We've got some good stuff. Uh, uh, We've got some good stuff already, but it sounds like good stuff coming. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. You bet. We have, uh, we're very happy with the response that we've gotten internationally um, mm -hmm. from these songs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, real rockers, I'm, I'm glad that they're getting it. That means a lot to me. And that, that um, people can enjoy it. And, you know, they see maybe perhaps the catchiness in some of these songs, perhaps the musicianship. Um, I'm hoping that they see the value of, of both of that in, in these songs. And, yeah, the response has been really, really good. Very, very positive. Would you say, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, like I said, kind of going back to your point, I love how, um, you know, uh, like you were saying about how Blackberry Smoke takes out, you know, up-and-coming artists, right, to try and help uh you know elevate them right and I, I really think that that's the way it should be right you know in, in any type of community right I, I know art can be uh you know art can be a very cutthroat thing right so um you know whenever there's a you know a band or somebody that's really making some headway you really want to try and 
pull some people, uh, you know, obviously along with you, right, out of that community and, and try and help them too, right? It's, it's, I think, and that's an important thing that's really shifted in music. It used to be like, you know, I want to be the best. I want right. to be the top recording artist and I'm going to crush whoever I have to to get to the top, right? And now um, I find, you know, and especially maybe with, you know, COVID and, and being isolated, people are more like, we want to connect, right? We want to help build people up, not tear them down, right? So, I mean, the response that we've gotten uh, just from releasing the the two songs and then we're going to, you know, be releasing obviously a third song. Right. Um, Is yeah, Pay No I, Mind your most recent, Pay No Mind your most recent one? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's great. Like, I just love how people are willing to just be like, we really want to just be a part of it with you. Right. Everybody just kind of wants to, to, uh, you know, latch on to what you've got, you know, and, and hopefully that'll help, you know, us to connect with other bands, other people to, yeah, just keep jumping up those levels. Right. So we can keep releasing more stuff and reaching a, a bigger audience is, is the main goal at least, you know, that's always what it's been for me. Right. So that camaraderie, Brian, we've heard that many times yeah. bands are all there to help each yeah. other out, introduce the same audiences. I love it. I think it's great. And unfortunately everybody needs that to survive these days. Again, we don't have the media right. and everything else or big radio stations. Um, but Aaron, you hit on something we've heard many, many times. Awesome. Yeah, that's, it's great. And you know, kind of going back to your other point too, I was thinking about it, like, you know, like we were saying some, some more independent bands are really starting to make some waves. And I think, you know, in music, especially like, you know, punk, um, you know, grunge, like these, these types of musics weren't, they, they weren't popular at first, right? These genres were kind mm -hmm. of looked at like, oh, right. Man, right. But then, you know, as people started to get on board, start to understand, start to want more of it, it became something bigger than itself, right? So I feel like, you know, maybe some of these smaller bands, you know, they're not on, you know, big, um, you know, award shows, they're not playing like massive venues, but yet they're still creating such a huge buzz and they're creating such huge waves, right? And I think that's great because then that shows that obviously there's a demand for that and, and it'll just keep it could just keep growing right and 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 more people will uh will appreciate it so that's that's a great thing too i know you can <laughs> a decent living by doing original art it's just that you're not going to be you know lighting your cigars with hundred dollar bills uh, just like the warren song dirty rotten filthy stinking rich <laughs> yeah, i don't think that's hey. no, i don't think that's meant to be but, you know, I think that you can, you know, make a half decent living and doing sure. you know, the, the thought of being able to cover your bills and doing what you want to do. Right. That's the, that's the appeal. I think now a lot of people understand, again, it's not all caviar and, and lobster tails, you know, but you yep. can do it. You can. It is possible. But the sad reality is a slim percentage of rock bands will actually get to the point where they make a very good living. Have you got that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, it, when you said that, when we're talking about like not lobster, lobster and caviar, reminded me of uh, reading interviews with the very when Metallica went out to New York to, to record Kill 'Em All, and they were hanging out with Anthrax in that building in Jamaica, Queens, or whatever. And they said they called it Losers at Lunch, which was baloney on hand. 
bologna on hand, <laughs> right? Maybe a little mustard if you're lucky. Oh, I love man. Those stories when somebody is just like, you know, starting off, the 20 year old kids are sleeping on couches and stuff like yeah. that, you know, sleeping in their car. I love those stories, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, those artists, they truly earn what they have because the sacrifices they made. They ate that loser sandwich or, or whatever. Dave Mustaine <laughs> living out of a cooler for two, three days, you know, uh, while recording mm -hmm. Kill 'em All. And, you know, people, that's, that's amazing. You know, the sacrifice, I love hearing about the sacrifices that people will make uh, uh, for their art. Okay? Mm -hmm. Do you guys, oh, sorry, Darren, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Go ahead. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Do you guys think, I mean, the Black Rose had an extremely successful concert run this summer, like one of the bigger, bigger ones. Do you think that's going to open up the door for, for more music of this type? Or do you think it's like an anomaly? I think that Black Crows, you know, again, like uh, Blackberry Smoke, I mean, they have the power. Like they, they, like, they have the draw. People will go see the Black Crows and then will be introduced to Dirty Honey, this. Right. Or be introduced to. But they were playing outdoor, like these big outdoor. They haven't played these big outdoor venues in 20 years. Well, that's exactly how they did it, perhaps, you know. They have been estranged. These brothers, these controversial brothers, have been at each other's throats <laughs> for years and have been estranged for eight, 10 years. So they're back. And that's the appeal right there is that, oh my God, these guys hate each other, but they're coming back. We all know, you know, that it's an easy sell. Black Crows, you know, brothers haven't seen each other for 10 years, whatever. And that's great news for them and rock fans. And, you know, for the, any support act, again, Dirty Honey, I'm sure mm -hmm. benefited greatly. Absolutely. You know, it's the exposure. So like, yeah, that, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff is crucial for up, up and coming bands or these opening slots and tours. I'm just hoping that it shows Live Nation and everybody else that some of the bands like this are worthy of putting in bigger venues and putting some of the marketing power because Live Nation invested a lot of money. There was a build up to the announcement like they put a lot of money into that and the show ended up being successful. So I'm really hoping this is going to drive some more real rock music to get some of the same treatment or maybe open the door for some more of those younger guys. Well, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I, I hope so. That, that would, that would be nice. If they went out and crapped the bed and nobody showed up, this would be all over. You know what I mean? But that it was the opposite. No, I, I, I'm not surprised that it did really, really well. I think people were clamoring for the black crows and, you know, uh, People who are 20 years old in 1990 are now 50 and taking like you know or taking their kids and they're all going like people are like young people are um, learning about the Black Coast for the first time perhaps you know they're going with their parents mm -hmm. to these shows and then uh, maybe like a 15 year old kid is also again learning about the Crows and Dirty Honey at the same time right maybe he's inspired to play guitar maybe he's going to be in a new wave of uh, blues rock Southern rock and you know like I, I think that rock and roll will be in pretty good shape you know there's always going to be real rockers all over the world it's just i don't think it's meant to be you know um where it once used to be there's an audience for it. somebody just needs to take a chance on these bands to help push them to do it because there are plenty of people that just want to hear rock music mm -hmm. just rock music here's the thing yeah is it, does, is it better to have you know like five million real rock bands worldwide or 30 million fickle fans that are going to drop you in a year or two for the, uh, the shiny new toy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that there, you know, it's a cult following, uh, you know? Mm. There you Sons, go, cult following, yeah, yeah makes sense. Sons, and again, for the million trillion time, Blackberry Smoke, they, they, yeah. um, 
they make a pretty good living. Blackberry Smoke, Government Mule has a cult following. Yeah, yeah, man. They're one exactly. of the, they're freaking awesome. Yeah, Warren mm -hmm. is not, you know, um, looking to join Wendy's anytime soon. How about that new blues album they just, Heavy Blues they released? Like, it's so good. It's like just standard blues stuff. It's amazing. You know, I love Warren Haynes so much. And when I think of the word respect, yeah. when I close my eyes, the first face I see, I'm not joking about this, is Warren. I yeah. respect that guy. And there's something about him, like, you know, and that whole class of people, Warren and Charlie Starr and Derek Trucks and Marcus King and, you know, all these people, like, they are just such nice dudes. I can't imagine. I would be mortified to find out that Warren Haynes was not anything. Oh, no, there's too many people that know him and sing his praises. Like, you know, no yeah. way. They're like right. the, the, you know, they're like what you would call like the last of the old guard, right? Like they sure. almost like, you know, they're again, like they are kind of like the last of like the classic blues. They're the godfathers but, of that music genre. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, you know, for them, it's like, you know, or people see them and it's like, wow, you guys are basically the, the creators, right? You're the architects of what we kind of have now as, you know, what you want to call blues music mm -hmm. or rock music, right? These guys were almost in the thick of it right so yeah and they set a good example for these younger bands like one thing that charlie said last week on the podcast was one of the big shows they were ever at is they were opening for jackal and he, he was amazed that jesse james dupree came out to the merch table after the show said hi to everybody signed everything until every last fan was gone he's like wow you know these guys were a big deal then like and that's kind of his perspective he learned that from those guys and i think the way that the warrens and the derricks and the charlies and how they handle themselves is is influencing this this next generation of ants for the better i mean that's you couldn't ask for better better role models totally uh, we're having a great time with the audio here <laughs> that's what makes these episodes cool though we have you know we gotta have a little something something we can just yeah. edit around all this well, stuff you know what? <laughs> <laughs> to chat with you guys uh, i love talking about cool music like this um i certainly like talking about wayward saints and and the story that, uh, that uh, the journey that um that we've been on for the last couple of years as well too so yeah I, I i just like chatting with real rock bands um and i do it a lot it's, it's a lot of well, it's, yeah i mean it's your saturday job i dig that you've got Lindsay in the band singing i she brings with her vocal abilities having that female singer like I, it's great she fits in perfectly with you guys too i watched her i watched all yours like who who you know who is your um uh, who influences i know she brought out humble pie which she brought up earlier which is freaking great so I, I just cool just another dimension having a really good female lead singer like that yeah i think that's um you know with her like, you know, she's a great singer and yeah. uh, I'm a big fan, of course, but, you know, I think that's one of those things where it's like, you don't, I, I think it's something that make, you know, there's a lot of great bands out there. And, you know, I think that maybe it's something that might help us uh, uh, set us apart. It's good marketing. Yeah, for sure. Know, like, you know, it's like, for sure. That, that band, that's the band with that, that female singer. Yeah. Oh my God. She's not ugly either. That helps. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the thing too, right? Okay. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a different kind of uh, band. Um, I'd like to think that it's not something you typically see all the time. Sure. Certainly we're not the, the first female fronted band, but I, I like, I, I'd like to think that this is something that helps us to stand out from all the other great, great bands. So before I ask Jason a question, we go into our, you know, later final segment. I got to say thank you to you, Darren, that I, I had a, a wonderful time calling into your show the weekend I was in Vegas for the Blackberry Smoke shows, man, that was 
that uh, that was fun, man. I thank you so much. That was great. The first of many. So here's where I asked Jason, is it that part of the show? I think it's that part of the show. We'll try to figure out some lightning round questions for both of these gentlemen. Darren, did we do a lightning round the first time you were a guest or is that very early on? Okay. Uh, that was 500 beers ago. I don't that know. was a lot. So <laughs> we typically close out our show with lightning round. Just quick, fun questions uh, for you guys to answer. Okay. okay. Don't overthink this stuff. All right. We've had Darren on before. Aaron, we're going to start with you. Aaron, what's the first concert you ever went to? Uh, the first concert I'd ever gone to was, uh, so in, uh, in Ontario, close to Toronto in a little city called Barrie, there used to be, well, I, I'm sure you guys know, there's a radio station called The Edge, and they used to put on these shows called Edge Fest. Mm. And it was kind of like a, a, a multi-ticket bill, right? Like it was a, you know, a big festival, right? And it lasted two days, like Saturday and Sunday, and it had a bunch of bands, current on it and uh i guess my first one i went to was in 1996 95 so i would have been 12 or 13 years old uh at a concert by myself <laughs> like, wow. you know it was like yeah i went with some friends and that was the first you know and so our parents dropped us off uh at the gate and they're like okay hey, we'll see you when you know the the show wraps at 11 or whatever type of thing right it starts at 10 and it wraps at 11 and so you're there all day uh just for the one day we bought a ticket for the one day and we saw you know at the time there was uh you know our lady peace was on the bill the oh, Pumpkins were on the bill um who else did we see uh harvey danger like there were just so many you know all these bands right that were like you know huge at the time um, and I just remember being like, wow, like, it, you know, you're outside in this massive field. Um, and it was just, yeah, uh, fantastic. All the modern rock radio hits of the mid nineties. Basically. Yeah. It was, you know, a lot of the, you know, what you would call alternative music right at that time. Right. Um, filter was the, like, yeah. you know, there were heavier bands there. Right. Um, but um, yeah, it was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I saw Our Lady of Peace open up for Jimmy Page and Robert Plant in 1995. Oh, wow. That was an interesting opener. They weren't yeah. bad, but I thought it was just interesting that th that was the opening band. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, certainly um, as far as like more modern or, or more current Canadian rock bands, right? At that time, they were, you know, I can remember being like, I, you know, I have a couple of their records, right? And I was just like, wow, sure. you know, they were you know, they would be kind of like the pinnacle of, you know, I want to be like them, right? My, you know, 13 year old Aaron was like, man, if I could be in a band like that, right, that would be amazing, right? Again, influences that you're like, you look up to these guys, and you're like, this would be amazing. So, um, but anyway, so that was it. Yeah, it was like a multi, multi bill. Uh, By yourself, first concert as a teenager, Edge Fest. Yeah, that's right. And you survived. I did just barely, I think. <laughs> All right, Darren, for you, different question. What is your favorite venue to watch a show? Back in the day, we had a place called um, Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, oh, yes. That was a pretty iconic place to see a show. For sure. For um, sure. A couple of Stanley Cup banners got hung up there. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I remember. Long time ago. Um, that was a long time ago, yeah. Seen a couple of really good shows there. There was a place that was called the Molson Amphitheater. 
or Massey Hall. There's uh, Toronto has this really good uh, venue. It's mostly for acoustic music. Uh, Massey Hall uh, was a it was a really great place. Yeah. I don't know. I don't expect you guys to know this because this is Toronto talk. That, but Brian, Brian and I learned this stuff, right? That's why we ask these <laughs> questions. We want to know. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe Maple Leaf Gardens <laughs> or Massey Hall or the amphitheater. See some good stuff over there. Darren, we'll go back to you for this next one. Um, when you guys can get out and start playing live again, things get a little bit better there in the area. What's one venue that you just, you absolutely want to play? Well, you know, as um, a younger lad, I played uh, quite a few uh, places in Toronto, like the, the most desirable places. So personally, you know, I've done some of these places, but now as Wayward Saints, there is uh, the legendary Horseshoe Tavern. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that. Um, it's been around since 1947 and everybody's played there. Okay. A lot of great, uh, you know, acts have come through there. Um, it's a, like maybe 400 uh, people capacity, but it's it's a legendary spot in just not Toronto, but uh, um, Canada. So, mm-hmm. of course, I would like to be able to play this venue for Wayward Saints um, and have that place sold out, you know, maybe on a Saturday night. That would be quite um, the feather in our cap for that to happen. But, you know, um, yeah, that, 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 would, that would be a great one. Lots of great places. The amphitheater. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, with the Rogers Center, what used to be called the Sky Dome. Um, lots of great places, but, you know. The Horseshoe Tavern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up. Sounds yeah, cool. It's a great place, great place. You'd love it. The uh, the El Macombo also is another great, like it's a, again, it's kind of a more, um, you know, traditional venue, like in terms of popularity, like it, it's, you know, it would see a lot of major acts like kind of go through there, right? Even, mm-hmm. you know, without a lot of people knowing, like apparently um, the Rolling Stones would play there like under a pseudo mm-hmm. name, right? Like they would create a different name and obviously go and like all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, cool. Like they're just playing a set there. I think, awesome. I, I think the El Combo is where Keith Richards got out of his, uh, he was supposed to do a lot of time for a heroin bust. And I think that's where they played there. And also I have a friend who's a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. And we always have the yep. DVD, Stevie, St- SRV from the El Combo. Mm-hmm. I played there before as a young lad, but um, mm-hmm. for Wayward Saints, that would be that would be great. That would be a lot of fun. I'll keep my fingers crossed. We can see you guys there. Well, <laughs> I, I hope that maybe one day we can make it through to. Um, you're in Ohio, right? I'm in Ohio. I'm not too far yeah. away from Toronto. Brian's in like six hours. Yeah, Brian's. Travel, unfortunately for him. If you were in Winnipeg, that could be doable. Yeah, well, maybe. Oh yeah. I've never I've never been there. That, that Neither. Was- well, I have, I guess, once, but road trip. <laughs> road nice. trip all right aaron for you what's one band that you've never seen live that you'd love to see oh man uh okay uh like cur- like currently or like if i could choose your choice man okay Open question probably i would say you know i've always really wanted to check out and the first band that comes to mind is the talking heads i've never seen you know the talk but again there, there's a band that you know heavily influenced me especially as you know a younger a younger me um and i was always just so um you know just inspired by uh what brian did so i think i would really like to see uh you know them perform live if they were to come back i know like we talked about you know a lot of bands from you know previous years are kind of reuniting mm-hmm. or uh, taking up the torch again right so you know i was kind of like wow that would be kind of cool to see the original original lineup of 
of the talking heads, I think would be a fun, a fun show. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm going to go keep, keep on you for the next question. Try to even these things out a little bit. Okay. If you could play with one artist or band for one night, living or dead, who are you choosing? Oh man. Um, and Darren, you're getting that question next. So you better be thinking. Yeah, probably, uh, you know, obviously like, like I said, right. Like being a huge, um, you know, Bonham fan. And I, and I actually saw uh, Jason, Jason Bonham perform with uh, what he called like the, you know, the Led Zeppelin experience. Yeah. Right? So yep. And he came through and he actually had some arrangements with like orchestras, right. And stuff like it was almost more orchestral uh, some of the performances, but um, uh, so, I mean, that was, you know, amazing, right. To, for me to see him play live. Um, I also am a huge um, uh, Simon Phillips fan. So like, like Toto, like he, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing uh, right? recording band. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, you know, he's, he's uh, an incredible, like just session guy, right. Like he can play. Yeah. They played anything. on so many people's albums, like oh, yeah. Thriller and just so many classics. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if I could sit in with those guys, I mean, they'd probably like obviously laugh me right off the stage and that would be good fun. But um, yeah, like for sure, if I could, you know, play with those guys, like obviously either, you know, John or John Paul, Jimmy Page and, you know, um, Robert Plant or, um, you know, any of the guys from, like I said, from Toto, like that would be really really cool <laughs> if you're playing with zeppelin you got a, a song that you just absolutely have to play with them uh probably when the levee breaks or um misty mountain hop just because it's you know down, down, down. yeah a little funky or something i don't know what the yeah. word for misty mountain hop it's a little bit yeah. more you know it's it's super driving and heavy but yeah. just, it's got this cool melody like the you know that obviously that melody that's underneath the the um the driving you know right like i yeah I, that was always a great song for me i i love listening to that one rad all right i like it i just said rad That's, what is it 1985 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, <laughs> all right all right darren uh same question for you if you could play with any band living or dead who, who are you choosing living or dead i when i was 17 i was devoted allison chains free wow 17 mm. now oh i i don't know it's like like one song like an album like if, if i was to collaborate like do you want me to do they're all, they're playing for one night in the uh in the uh, maple leaf gardens it's been resurrected you get a chance to go up on stage yeah. with them oh that is a great question um that is a great question i mean i want to say zeppelin maybe ramble on would be an honor to do that like yeah that, that, would, that would be pretty high up on the list right there i think not the crows I love the crows, but I think I like Zeppelin a little bit more. Okay, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, that, that um, crows. It would be nice to to do some crow stuff, but I think I could think of about four or five bands I'd rather you know jam with. Um, probably rather jam with even BBS. Like if that if that that'd be great, but you know maybe Doobie Brothers mm -hmm. would be a oh. good one over there. Frampton, yeah. a big Humble Pie fan out. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, Humble. Yeah. If I could a little 30 days in the hole. Oh my God. That, yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that would be fantastic. Actually. Okay. If I can answer this question now, I think if I was to do a cover, I would want to do it with Warren Haynes. Yeah. And if there was yeah. a cover, it might as well be 30 days in the hole. Because I've heard him play that live. It's oh, great. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I seen government mule and they did no quarter 
um, live, and it was fantastic. It was mm. uh, a crazy uh, cover. It was it was incredible. It really did the song justice. I've seen Government Mule play "Fool in the Rain." And I swear to God, Warren played wow. it in standard tuning and somehow made it because I know it's like an open F or something funky, and he just na- he nailed it. Huh. I think the song's in the key of C. I don't See, exactly know what T. It's it a, it's in a it's in a non-standard tuning though. That's you all know I know. That for a fact, or I know that for a fact. Nope. I know that for a fact. I didn't know that for a fact. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, Warren. Hmm. You see, the thing is, I mean. Open tunings, and this is a conversation that could take two hours right here, but you know, <laughs> yeah. if, let's say the song's in the key of C, it opens C, right? Yeah. Warren, who is a skilled guitar player, let's not forget about this, he's a guitar hero, he'll know what to do in standard. It yep. won't sound exactly the same, but a C chord in standard is a C right. chord is a C right. chord. Is a C chord. Yep. It's just a sure. different quality of chord. The tone, it, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, an open C the... chord or a C chord in an open G, like, you know, but a C chord is a C chord is a C chord. He'll still know what to do. You know, um, so yeah, I have Warren Haynes can take a Miley Cyrus song and rock the shit out of Warren it. Haynes can do anything. <laughs> Warren Haynes, yeah, that guy can take um the Cash Me Outside. How about that girl? <laughs> well, now you're dating yourself, man. Songs, her, what, to take one of her brilliant songs and kill it. Are yeah, you, you know, so that guy is a made man, and uh, he's a hero for many reasons, and that's one of them, by the way. For so, sure. Yeah, I think my I, I changed Zeppelin. If I could, if I could jam with a uh, Warren on stage one time, thirty days in the hole, why not? Yeah, I'll take it. I like that answer. Yeah. All right, one last question, fun question for each of you. It's going to be the same thing, Darren. We'll start with you. Give us a guilty pleasure artist or song or somebody we'd be very surprised to hear that you liked. If I told you the truth, I would lose my rock and roll credit. Nope, you got to tell the I'd truth. The, the faculty of rock it up all the people we asked this question to when i state when i phrased it as guilty pleasure like well nothing's really a guilty pleasure if you like it i said okay something we'd be surprised to hear you liked ah just spit it out man we're all friends here <laughs> all right all right all right um, no judgment judgment free zone <laughs> you got me you really got me okay all right all right i i have a thing for Cheryl Crow. That's not a guilty. That's pleasure. not a guilty pleasure. No, everybody has a thing for Cheryl Crow. Everybody does. My cool factor is dropping rapidly. No, oh, Cheryl Crow is awesome, dude. She plays with Peter Stroud and Oddly Freed. She's fantastic. You're right about that. Oddly, okay. My cool factor goes up a little bit more because of Oddly Freed and Cry Love Connection. Peter Stroud, man. Peter yeah. Stroud's awesome as well. Like yeah. I've heard her cover Rock and Roll by Zeppelin. She's great. She's great. Steve McQueen is a freaking awesome song. Dude, if it makes you happy, that's a great Multi, Steve McQueen. Well, I that in there. I can't be that bad. So, okay. She's still, right. she looks like she's like 60. She still looks great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No comment. My wife's going to hear this and I'll be sleeping. On oh, please. Like, yeah. we're ever going to see Cheryl Crow and she'd be interested in any of us. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Just pipe dream, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. So there it is. Okay, Cheryl Crow. All right. I, I enjoyed answering that. Like, I listen to a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, I grew up with classical music as well, too, so I like that. Um, you know, I have a serious metalhead background. Yeah. Um, I have friends that are into rap music. I, I, I've listened by default to a lot of rap music and pop music. I used to work a lot of retail. Sure. Um, so I, I, I've been exposed heavily to a lot of different stuff. So I have a lot of guilty pleasures. But I'll talk yeah. about Cheryl Crow very little here on the yeah. Uh, Show Crow's great. Sure. I'm, you know, I was expecting different. 
One day we'll have a couple beers and I'll, I'll really let loose. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Aaron, last question. Same to you. Give us something that we'd be surprised to hear you liked. Uh, yeah, you know, I, it's so tough because, you know, I, I do like, you know, listening to, you know, pop music and things like sure. that. I'll, I'll listen to it. So actually a huge, I'm a huge, huge fan of the bangles. Yeah, right on. Bangles I and the really, Go-Go's. Yeah, I really, really love, like, uh, if you get a chance to check out, like, When a Hero Takes a Fall uh, or um, what else? In Your Room. Like yeah, In Your Room, just, oh. Yeah, they're just really catchy. And they songs. all sang and harmonized. Like, sometimes, oh. you know, different different girls sang. It was great. Yeah. Like, they were, you know, I, I think, and, and same with, um, I was a, a huge fan of the Pretenders. Yeah. Right on. I, I still, and Same again, yeah. I still, you know, I'll still spin those tunes as well, right? Like, I just, and. I don't think know, anybody's going to be offended by either of your choices, and you're not going to get made fun of. No, I mean, it's, you know, again, like. No just, way. I think when you listen, again, if you listen to music and there's something about it that, you know, catches, you know, and again, like growing up, I was, you know, as a kid, right? You listen to stuff on the radio. Like I was a huge Tiffany's fan and a huge Cindy Lauper fan. Sure, of course. Every now and then I'll. Debbie Gibson's Gibson. uber talented. She wrote, oh. a, she wrote a number one record hey, Darren, herself at, like, 17. Ah! Yeah, at 17. At yeah. 17, she wrote her own record number one. Right. <laughs> 17. Right. I just saw uh, a clip of Tiffany doing I Think We're Alone Now. Yeah. Did yeah. you see that clip? That yeah, I saw it. I won't say much. If you've seen it, you've seen you it. You still got but it. My, yeah, my, I just <laughs> triggered uh, a memory from a couple of days ago. But... Never thought there'd be a day in my life where I'm looking at 50-year-old women like, wow, but I'm here. You're almost 50, dude. I know. That's why I'm almost here. That's why I'm here right now. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> Cheryl Crow, Tiffany, Debbie. Debbie Gibson. Yeah. Bring them on. <laughs> bring them on um like go-go's belinda carlisle like those are some things i really like i like I mean, belinda carlisle's pop pop um solo career like that, that's uh, like one of my guilty pleasures she had some killer killer hits yeah so absolutely all right where do we go to find out more about the excellent wayward saints where where people are listening to this podcast where do we go to find out more about you guys uh well i mean you know probably the easiest way um would be to come you know you can check us out on social media obviously you can check us out through facebook and instagram um and we also have a website and you can become a uh what we call our fan temple so you can join our fan temple and uh you know you can get a lot of um uh access to behind the scenes type of stuff so uh you know uh, footage of us uh doing uh, a lot of our music videos and, you know, we want to try and add some content in there of, you know, writing songs and how we create uh, as well as you can sign up for our um, emailing list. Right. So we're going to just, you know, try and provide as much content through the fan temple. So that would be a great way if you want to like stay in touch and, and uh, you know, uh, reach out and, you know, we love to try and, talk to all the fans and, and, you know, answer personally and, and keep in touch with everybody. So that's probably, probably the easiest way I think to, to stay connected with us for sure. Just did it. Just did it. Just did it on yeah. Instagram. I was already on Facebook, but I did my personal and the, the podcasts. Um, awesome. So you have two new, three new followers now. 
Awesome. Thanks, guys. That's Love why it. we asked. We can, so we can follow you as well, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian, over to you. Well, thank you so much for Darren and uh, Aaron from Wayward Saints for Darren joining and Aaron. us. For joining us for this uh, episode of the podcast, always is a pleasure, guys. And uh, of course, we'll be self, uh, we'll be cross promoting each other forever and ever. And always, always just a thrill to uh, talk to you again, Darren, and meet you, Aaron. And then uh, we're going to be entwined forever and ever. So uh, thank you so much, guys, for being on. And if you don't mind hanging out with us for a couple more minutes after we get done rolling, that would be great. Love it. Thanks, Brian. Nice. Thanks, Jason. So great. Thanks to uh, our friend Darren Flower and Aaron Bennett from Wayward Saints for talking to us. Uh, what you guys won't hear is uh, we had a lot of fun problems with audio, uh, and uh, I had to fix that in the edit. And our our little catchphrase was "slap the mic, slap the slap mic, the mic, Darren." Instead of slapping the bass, it was slapping the mic. Yeah, that was just hilarious. Um, but it, it's always kind of uh, is you know is challenging as those kind of edits can be it's like to get you know slowly listen to our conversation again oh yeah that that yeah you know and get to like uh rehear everything again and let it soak in again um darren's just been a great friend um you know of course aaron we've just met but darren with the, all the music that he he promotes on his radio show rocket up radio is so close uh in our wheelhouse and into to uh, do cross promotion with him is always a joy. Well, for sure. And the stories they tell, again, I love the stories about how the band came together and how Aaron, the, the last guy, kind of got in there playing drums, his influences, how it relates to what they're doing. I I, di I dig their stuff, man. It definitely has that classic 70s blues rock sound to it, you know, relation to Crows, a little BBS, Blackberry Smoke. Um, I just enjoy it, too. And I think having a female lead singer helps separate them. We talked about it on the podcast a little bit from everybody else. She's got a great voice. Uh, again, these are all seasoned uh, band. You know, they've all seasoned musicians who've been in band and they've come together to, to do something, which I think is probably going to be pretty darn special from what I've heard so far. Yeah, because when, when he released the songs, you know, I'd listen to In the Wild and listen to Pay No Mind. And then I really listened these couple second, third times around, you know, and, and to... Uh, hear what a great singer she is it's just fantastic um so yeah, just great all around you know darren's a really good musician a really good guitar player obviously aaron's got the chops back there i mean it is really it's it's a good group and i can't wait to hear more of what they're doing and uh you know like you said uh darren's been a really good friend he, he's in the same type of music that we're doing and i'm glad that he's putting out a mu musical product that we like and and feel good supporting Right on, right on. So we'll keep you guys informed on everything going on with Wayward Saints and everything they release and hopefully a record coming up soon. And until then, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent. Blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 